welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host, Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. This is journal entry number 12 and part of our multifamily brief series. Hey, this is Brian Briscoe from Four Oaks Capital. Once again, this is the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. Today, we're going to talk about cap rates, which is something that is uh, rather important in multifamily investing. Most people are familiar with the valuation formula for the cost-based approach on multifamily valuation. It's, it's pretty simple. You know, the price of a property is equal to the net operating income divided by a cap rate, okay? Or the NOI equals the value of the property multiplied by a cap rate. Now, mathematically, it's a very simple formula. It's a type of formula that's taught in basic algebra, and most people will learn it, you know, in about 6th, 7th, 8th grade. If you know two of the values, you can find the third one by either multiplying or dividing by the missing value. The NOI is very straightforward, fairly straightforward, I mean. Uh, we talked about it in the previous episode. This is episode 14. We talked about NOI in episode 12, so go back and review that one if you have any questions. But the NOI is all of the incomes minus the operating expenses. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about NOI and value in the next multifamily brief episode, but today we're just focused on, on the cap rate. So what is the cap rate? You know, it's actually the capitalization rate and cap rate is just the, the short. But there's several ways to look at the cap rate. Now, every market has an associated cap rate for a specific property type and asset class. The cap rates between property types like office, multifamily, or retail can vary significantly. Now, narrow the focus down to just multifamily, and cap rates can still vary by location and asset class. For example, A-class properties in one metro may be at a 4% cap rate, whereas a different metro, they're at a 5% cap rate. If you once again narrow your focus to a single metro area and let the asset class vary, A-class may be at 4.5%, B-class at 5%, and C-class at 6%. Now, one way of looking at the cap rate is the theoretical return on investment if you were to pay cash for a property. Now, this isn't necessarily what your return will be because you're going to inevitably manage the property differently than the previous owner once you purchase it. And things like property taxes and insurance rates have a tendency to increase after each purchase. Now, looking at a cap rate from this perspective, cap rate can be viewed as the going rate for purchasing an income stream. For example, if the market cap rate is 5% and you're looking to purchase a $1 million income stream, meaning a property with a net operating income of $1 million, you would pay $20 million for that income stream, which is $1 million divided by the cap rate of 5% or 0.05. So does that mean buying at a higher cap rate means you're getting a better deal? Not necessarily. Differences in cap rates are also indicators of perceived risk. For example, large metros like Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., or New York will tend to have very low cap rates relative to other areas. Why? Pretty simple once you think about it. Unless there is a fundamental shift in demographics, there will always be high demand for housing in these areas, and they're not making new land very quickly. In Washington, D.C., where I currently live, there are dozens of government agencies, lobbyists, 
contractors, and a whole host of industry and legal professionals that are located there. And they come with a myriad of workers that all want to, want to live as close to the city as they can. Therefore, purchasing an apartment here in Washington, D.C. is a lot less risky than, say, Fargo, North Dakota, or Idaho Falls, Idaho. Now, following that string of logic, lower cap rates indicate lower perceived risk. So let's apply that to asset class. A-class tenants typically have higher credit scores and higher income, and therefore collections are also higher. A-class assets are also newer and will need less maintenance. Bottom line, they're less risky than those C-class tenants that have lower incomes and lower credit scores, and C-class assets that typically have higher maintenance and capital expenses just because they're older. So back to the question that introduced this section. Does a higher cap rate mean you're getting a better deal? To answer this, if you're comparing one property selling at a 6 cap to another property trading at an 8 cap, then there's a difference in the perceived risk. Maybe the 8 cap property is in an area with higher crime, and therefore there's higher perceived risk, and it'll take much more work to earn that 8% NOI. Now, there are some limitations to cap rates. One thing to consider is cap rates don't always work as simply as the formula would indicate. So imagine a property that's about 60% occupied. Incidentally, we bought one just like this last year in Columbia, South Carolina. Let's say you take a look at the property's financials, and you find out that the owner is not actually making any money. In this case, the NOI is zero or close to zero, which means for a given purchase price, the cap rate is going to have to be infinitesimally small, which means very, very small. Now, if the owner happens to lose money in a year, you end up with a negative cap rate, which is not very helpful. So let's look at a less extreme example, the classic value-add property. It's a 100-unit C-class, and every unit is below the market rent by $100. Since it's not operating efficiently, the NOI is a lot lower than an efficiently run property. What most new investors find is that these properties never trade at market cap rates. In fact, they usually trade at a few points below the market capitalization rates. Why? Well, because they're not being run efficiently. 100 units at $100 a month is leaving $120,000 of income on the table each year. Now, knowing this to be the case, experienced operators know that they can overpay based on market cap rates because all they have to do is raise rents once they purchase it. So what does this mean for cap rates? Well, they're mostly useful for properties that are run efficiently and rented at market rates. So should we just throw cap rates out the window? Not so fast. They still matter. If you're purchasing a value-add property that's not being managed efficiently, cap rates will still determine how much you'll be able to sell it for after you raise rents and stabilize the property. In our next multifamily briefing episode, we're going to talk about how cap rates and NOI come together for various scenarios to determine the actual value of a property. We'll also talk about what happens when this formula breaks down, such as the case that I gave just a little earlier. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week.